Welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council with hosts Grace Evans and Moses Bratchard. Stay informed on the top stories on life, family, and religious freedom. Get the facts, stand for truth. Hello and welcome back to the Family Begin Podcast. My name is Grace Evans. I'm here with Moses Bratchard. Give me a fist bump, dude. I Absolutely. feel like, ow, it has been a long time since I've seen him. That's a him. real fist bump. Oof, because last week there was a press conference, yes. um, which was super cool. Definitely go watch that episode if you haven't already. Uh, it was great, but that was our podcast uh, for that week. And so Moses then was out of town for something, and so I... I haven't seen you in yeah it's been a, a while. while so yeah we're happy to be back i want to get, give you guys a rundown of what we'll be talking in this about in this week's episode we will discuss some new polling here in minnesota about the gubernatorial race so we're keeping you posted on that we'll also be talking about the other um, races that are happening um briefly and the second story we're going to be discussing is a gender justice which is a legal group here in minnesota to which we are diametrically opposed of course Mm -hmm. they are pressuring schools into enforcing a transgender agenda so we'll be discussing that as our second story and then of course as usual we'll talk about what we're reading and i'm excited to talk about that because i read a book that we discussed recently and i'm excited to hear your thoughts but okay excellent we should dive into yeah let's talk let's talk about about polling so there have been three polls released since august 30th mm-hmm. uh that cover the abortion uh issue and also the governor's race and those two things have become really intertwined because of the dobbs decision and also because of the candidates positions on abortion how those have potentially changed over time um so first of all there was a kstp survey oh i what am i talking about oh yes this was september 6th so even more recent than i was saying uh and this is from kstp with survey usa so when when a when a news outlet wants to do a poll and usually polls are commissioned by other candidates political action committees or news outlets they will talk to a pollster mm-hmm. someone who actually does this for their job so survey usa is a pretty re- respectable uh, pollster that they, they do stuff um uh, nationally you know things like gallup and ipsos and there's all sorts of polling outfits around so kstp commissioned this poll but survey usa is the people who actually did it so according to that poll, this is just from September 6th, uh, Tim Walls leads Scott Jensen by 18 points, 51% to 33%. Now that's pretty crazy because uh, just in May, Scott Jensen was only trailing by five points, which is almost within the margin of error of most polls, which is usually three to 4%. So that was pretty crazy. People were, I think, really taken aback by that, Grace. I mm-hmm. think people thought that that... Um, didn't necessarily reflect uh, what was going on in the ground. Um, and I think that it actually didn't because, and there's plenty of polls that are outliers. Uh, so we got, and we're going to see more and more polling. Keep keep an eye on the polling. Um, we, we, we've seen, uh, we, we often hear about the times that the polls get it wrong, but mm-hmm. oftentimes, uh, and there's various reasons why that is. One, one phenomenon that I wanted to mention, have you ever heard of the shy Tory effect? No, I haven't. So it's this idea that when pollsters, they'll try to call you or email you to gauge what your position are, it, is on issues. Um, in the 2016 election, they found that, um, well, actually, the, this, this it dates back to, to British uh, polling firms where the conservatives are called Tories, and they uh, they would find that they were consistently under measuring 
Tory mm-hmm. Tories in the polls. And that actually happened very recently in the 2015 election and in the 2019 election. The Conservatives won by more than they were expected to in the UK. Um, I would love to do a UK politics sidebar of this podcast, but we won't do that today. So the shy Tory effect is the, basically just the idea that conservative voters are less likely to pick up the phone and tell polling groups what they think. Mm. Maybe it's because they're more private, uh, less interested in that. Maybe it's because um, they're just not quite as politically engaged. Uh, that's all, you know, and, and many, many reasons why that might be the case. So polling groups will try to, they'll, they'll try to, um, uh, they'll try to weight the poll differently so that the, ma- the minority of conservative voters that they get reflect the actual state of the state where conservatives and liberals are you know, a 50-50 split or whatever, depending on how you define those terms. So it's always interesting because that, in theory, might make the poll useless because instead of just taking the number of people that you called and just their responses, you're weighting it based on how much the polling group thinks their partisan split is in the state. So uh, that's a reason to, there's reasons to pay attention to polls and there's also reasons sometimes to ignore them. Uh, And I wonder if the KSDP poll is an outlier, Grace, because we've Mm -hmm. had two polls since then uh, that have shown a different split. So on on September 17th, uh, there was a Star Tribune, Minnesota Public Radio, and CARE 11 poll, which showed a split of 48% for Tim Walls and 41% for Jensen. So that's 9%. So that's a lot different than uh, than that uh, that number that we saw in uh, in the KST people, which was just um, uh, not that long before, and I think it's just really interesting to think about the question. Well, did Tim Walls uh, just um, just get way better or way worse rather between those two polls, mm-hmm. or actually, um, or actually? was this a polling error or what 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 uh what explains that and then we have another another poll to put into this that again is going to suggest that this is a closer race uh for scott Dunson and tim walls than many people are saying um and now why is that important well because when we look at what our, our goal is for there to be um a a revolution for life, for families, and for mm-hmm. religious freedom in our state. We don't endorse particular candidates, but when we see candidates doing well or poorly, that's an indication of how well uh, pro-life candidates up and down the ticket are going to do in November. So then we look at this third poll, and this is commissioned by our friends at Alpha News uh, with another polling group called the Trafalgar Group. And this is a, a, a very um, well-respected pollster. And they are saying um, 47.7% for Walls to 45% for Jensen. That is not even 3%, uh, not even 3% distance. And the uh, it's actually within the poll's margin of error. So that is, and that's with uh, 5% undecided. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because uh, the other polls, the Star Tribune poll and the KST poll, both had over 10% undecided. So if this is accurate, Grace, it could suggest that some of these undecided voters are going to swing to Jensen when they mm-hmm. finally make up their minds. And this is at the time, of mm. course, when people who haven't been paying super close attention They're to this now race. Like, oh. Yeah. Actually, this is so embarrassing. I was in class. Maybe I shouldn't out 
this person. I won't say the name. I was in class and we were talking about like good messaging, bad messaging. I don't know why because I'm not a communications major. But I was like, oh, I brought up something uh, of an example of bad messaging from a re- from one of the campaigns that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And my prof was like, oh, I have no idea who, who that is. And I was like, that's a candidate for a very important office. <laughs> and he, he was like, he was like, that's not someone in my district. I was like, well, uh, this is someone that you should know. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty embarrassing, actually. Um, oh. Yeah, Christian schools, man, sometimes, like, they're good in some things, but sometimes they're a little bit, they don't know what's going on in politics until it's very last minute. So to your point, yeah. I feel like I was like that before I got involved with right. UC. I didn't pay attention until I had to go out there and vote which is not good. No, I know. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's really good. Um, something that my mom like just made me do Mm -hmm. when I was, I just turned 18. I think she, uh, our state Senator was being recalled because this was in Wisconsin back in 2000. Let's see. Was it 2011? Yeah. Well, I would have been 20 then. No. Yeah. Well, I don't remember. No, it would have been 19 that summer. And, um, and our state center was being recalled. There was this whole huge thing. Wisconsin politics is so much, in a sense, is way more interesting than Minnesota politics, but it's also way less functional. Mm. And everyone would agree on that. There's like, if we think Minnesota politics is bad, is angry, is dysfunctional, just grow, go across the border to the state of Wisconsin. I mean, maybe some things are better there, sure. But there's also just, they're fighting tooth and nail. They've been fighting tooth and nail with each other for so long that it just becomes kind of like a, a parody and it's 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 kind of sad to see hmm. anyway i'm sorry i'm getting off topic here no i'm really glad though that you do you are pay, paying attention to these polls and you're very well versed in elections because it's easy for me to kind of tune it out like i know who's running and i care about who's running but when it comes down to the nitty-gritty like oh who's polling here and who's polling there i pay attention to that with the presidential election but honestly i just don't pay attention to the polls so i'm really glad that you're into that because we make a good team a good duo you know yeah no and i i agree not everyone needs to be you know obsessed with polling but you know people should know that uh political consultants and people who are trying to um have one candidate or the other win they pay very close attention to these things yeah oh and so if you're interested in how things are going to turn out polling is a great place to start but to finish my story Mm -hmm. the only reason i would have known who my state senate senator mm-hmm. was in wisconsin was because my mom made me go out and volunteer for her wow. <laughs> when wow. she was uh being recalled she was very grateful that we were volunteering and she did win her recall election uh she was a great state senator um and moses has has a face for that you know <laughs> the face for volunteering actually i did go door to door very appealing that's yeah what I, exactly. that's what i meant like like people just automatically oh yes i'm 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 very i'm very telegenic yeah you do why do we always end up talking about my face it's this very (laughs) odd uh turn of events your hair is getting slowly and slowly grayer and longer unfortunately um very long and longer although your beard is still red i don't know if the viewers can see that yeah from the podcast but your beard is very red which is great so you don't have much gray there yet I thank you. I don't know yeah. why we're discussing this, but I should <laughs> tell you, Grace, that Anselm's hair is very Aww, reddish. Anselm is his son, you guys. Yeah, very Anselm's sweet. hair is getting very reddish. It's so I cute. Wish I had red hair, and I'm also waiting to have my first gray hair because I'm only 21, but my dad apparently got his first gray hair in high school. Wow. Then again, he's absolutely white, and he's. I met your dad 44. when he was. Yeah, I met your dad when he was basically 40, and he was already Wait, completely gray. Wait, how many years have you worked here? I forget. Three. I worked here four and a no, 
1921. Three and a half years. And I've known your dad since January 2018. I need to update my LinkedIn because I think I have it on there that I've been working here for three and a half years, but I know I've been here longer than you. So I need to like change that. Well, (laughs) yeah, sure. You definitely make sure that LinkedIn is updated. Um, Yeah, priorities, man. Talk about important. So I want to make a couple couple more points about this polling. we will have this linked in the show notes. You can take a look at these polls for yourself, analyze them. One thing you can do is look at the... If you're a nerd like Moses. If you're a nerd, <laughs> yep. You can look at the cross tabs or the full results. So you can mm-hmm. see uh, which which candidate women support. And in this election, women are really going towards Tim Walls and men are really going towards Scott Jensen. And that's that's usually the case. Women are tend to be more liberal than men politically. Um, you can see by age range, by political affiliation. Um you can also see if can if people think that the economy is the most important issue, who are they going to vote for? If they think abortion is the most important issue, what are the, who are they going to vote for, et cetera, et cetera. So I commend those to your reading. I think it's a really interesting uh, uh, thing. And I think my takeaway for that, Grace, is mm-hmm. that, you know, people were telling me, oh, man, this is horrible. It's going to be a landslide. Jensen is doing horribly. And actually... Uh, according to one poll, he's within five points. According to another poll, he's within three points. And that makes the other poll, where he was 18 points behind, that makes that poll look like the outlier, even though that one came out first. And all three of these come from respectable pollsters. So um, it, it, polling is not an exact science, um, and polls can always be wrong. But take a look at those polls. And I think that, and, and some of the some of the polls do look at the other candidates on the ballot, not just the gov- uh, the g- governor's race. So take a look at those. Um, in fact, I think they all do. They all t- look at the attorney general's race, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And some of them do have the pro life candidates ahead in some races um, for secretary of state or state auditor or attorney general. So definitely take a look at those guys. Now. We've talked about gender justice on the podcast before. Yes. Gender justice yep. is kind of our our bet noir, and it, it's they're just a just, group that we're not a fan. Whatever whatever we're, we're doing, they're doing the opposite of. So like we're and, and with like uh, five times as much funding, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> we don't necessarily know that, True. but they they certainly they certainly play a big role. They have the ear of the attorney general Keith Ellison. Um, yeah. Speaking of the attorney general. And that that has been really Their really colors unfortunate. Are actually very similar to ours. Look at this. Look. So they Isn't use they use a blue and green, just it's, like it's Minnesota Family Council does. It's the same as our blue and green. Their green is a little bit darker. Ours well, is you may bright. not know that part of the reason we use the blue and green is it's kind of the state of Minnesota's branding. I actually did know that because when we were revamping, we used to be called like the Berean League or something. And anyways, now we're not, obviously. We revamped a few years ago and my dad was working full time here and he showed me a bunch of the different options. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was the option that we chose and there were some other ones. And I like some other ones a little bit better, but he was saying this is Minnesota color. So that's why he liked it. Which yeah, I, the, I think that's the a good The green call. is for the fields and the yeah. blue is for the river design. I imagine. definitely, the green we have is really vibrant. It's not my personal style, but I think it actually does work well for branding. It's good i i knew that eventually on this podcast grace would talk about how much she hates that color <laughs> literally every time i designed something for like uh, also in the meeting we had today you were like ah yes grace and i are working to develop some curriculum and i was like <coughs> just grace <coughs> basically well, that that is the advantage of being in a senior role is that i get to work on all work, sorts of other things but you're not actually anyways every time i design something 
it's I try to not do the green. <laughs> I try to do like a little bit because it's a good accent, but it's just so. It vibrant. is a good. Okay, okay. You know what? People don't care about our polling color uh, about our colors. <laughs> our polling I, I want to talk race though about gender justice well, so because I. yeah, no, <laughs> I I think that what I wanted to say is that I think that we, they're always doing the opposite of what we are. So like we're talking about parents' rights. We're talking about making sure parents are in charge of when sensitive content is being taught to their kids. And we talk about God's design. God's you know, designed for your body. And, God's designed for marriage. Gender the, justice wants to do the opposite Dei, of that. And yeah. they're like, oh, well, actually, actually, I have something to say about this. Is I'm reading this book by Alistair McIntyre for school. It's called After Virtue. You probably read it at your school, honestly. I have read it. Um, yeah. Did you like it? Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I have to say that it was pretty dense. It is very dense. So I gave it three stars on Goodreads for sure. And I think the first half is better than the second half. Um, but he talks about that book. He talks about the rise of what he calls emotivism. And by that, he means the rise of instead of like having moral discourse in our day and age. So when we talk to someone about abortion, we're not really fundamentally having a conversation anymore about moral things like morally, this is right. Morally, this is wrong. And here's the reasons why. I mean, I always frame it in those categories. But when I talk to someone who's opposed to the pro-life revolution, they're usually we usually end up having a war of emotions. It's like, oh, boom, what about that 13-year-old who was raped? Would you make her carry that baby? And it's like, well, you're trying to manipulate my emotions, but you're not actually confronting the facts about the humanity of the preborn exactly. and the safety of life, right? Yeah. And so he talks about the rise of emotivism as being, like, one of the main problems of our culture and why our current ethical discourse is doomed to failure. And so I'm bringing that up. Sorry if that was heady. I'm bringing that up because I think it ties into gender justice too yeah. because it's really that arise of emotivism, that rise of emotion triumphs above all else. And I mean, Carl Truman talks about that in his book, Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, which yeah. we highly recommend. Um, just how we live in a psychological age where everything we do it, at least everything culture does is oriented around, well, what feels right? What do you think is right in your brain and your heart? Like, what do you think is right? It's no longer, oh, like it's based on anything higher, right? right. So anyways, gender justice is this group that uh, – So is in very, addition to it, eroding the moral discourse in it, our nation, what else do they have to It's very emotivist. Yeah. So they – this is from their website. They say that they envision a world where everyone can thrive regardless of their gender expression – or sexual orientation. Step by step, we're creating that world by dismantling legal, structural, and cultural barriers that contribute to gender in gender inequity. We work to ensure that people of all genders have a meaningful right to bodily autonomy, safety, health, and opportunity. So, very woke, right? We can tell they're very woke. Yeah. Basically, they're a ripoff, like a very like uh, what's it? Um, like uh, like the two dragons, you know, like from the Great Divorce. On the shoulder. That makes it sound Anyways, like way cooler than they are. Never mind. Never Nothing dragonish about they're it, just, I would they're say. They're just like a weird cave troll. Yeah, and they somehow stole our branding, kind of. Except, no, they didn't. <laughs> except their color is slightly, they're green, unfortunately, slightly better than ours. Uh oh. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so let me get to the Grace story. Grace is going to go work for them because they have a better green on their website. Heaven <laughs> oh, <laughs> forbid, I would never work for this company. So, okay, this organization, this headline is run by Alpha News, our friends at Alpha News. Anyways, they are seeking to pressure schools, public schools here in Minnesota, to force to enforce their transgender agenda. Because again, there's this rise of emotivism. They're like, if you feel this way, everyone should affirm you in that feeling. So they have just released a public education toolkit to pressure schools into promoting this ideology. They announced it. It's called the Cool for School Initiative. Oh. And it's like with the number four too. So it's all trendy, right? It's um, quote. I haven't seen that referred to as trendy since I was in middle school. It's the sort of thing that, that 
Hashtag adults think kids, kids want. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, okay. So anyways, the initiative is um, it exists to, quote, inform students, their families, and their schools about legal protections for transgender, non-binary, two-spirit, and other gender non-conforming students returning to Minnesota classrooms. Uh, they say that many students will have changed over the summer. For some, it's the first time they'll return to school with a new name, pronouns, and gender identity. What has I found that was interesting because, hmm. first of all, that's that's not good. Like they're right. they're basically saying this as if it's a good thing. It's not a good thing when kids um, think that they can't live in the body that God gave them with the identity mm-hmm, that God mm-hmm. gave them. And also, I actually wonder that. I doubt that that much have this happens over the summer right. because I think so much of it, as we've discussed, is really because of peers, maybe even because of uh, GLSEN and other uh, groups that come into schools and promote um, uh, LGBT lifestyles, et cetera. But continue. I just, yeah, I was going to say like, there's just a false dichotomy in this statement because they, so they say, uh, this is what's changed over the summer, their pronouns, their identity, their, their name, blah, blah, blah. But then they say what has not changed is that school's legal obligations to respect and support them and protections for transgender students are stronger than ever. And here's the false dichotomy. It's like here, they're kind of like pushing on the reader that, okay, well, if you as a person, as a reader, don't support all this stuff, you don't support believing that a girl, a 12-year-old girl who thinks she's a boy should be able to legally transition and mutilate her body, have her body mutilated, then you don't have an, you do not respect or support that child. That's what the statement is saying. Right. And it's it's manipulating your emotions, right? And so that's really tragic. And as we know, what what is respecting respectful and supportive is not for us to support something that's actually going to hurt them. Yeah. It's like supporting an anorexic child and being like, yeah, sure. Like you are fat. That's right. That's like, that's what exactly. these, these schools are doing. Yep. And so the false Academy don't like that. Um, but I want to share a little bit more about this initiative so you can see how twisted it is. Um, they, as part of their, this initiative, Moses, they are encouraging students and families to spread the word on social media and sign a pledge supporting trans youth. So virtue signaling, blah, 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 virtue signaling, right? And the pledge claims that um, nationwide efforts to remove sexually graphic LGBT books from school libraries and ban biological males from competing in girls' sports are, quote, hateful attacks. They even dis- they even say that these efforts promote quote violence and discrimination against trans kids. Good grief! So if you personally Moses and you are if you are opposed to biological males competing against girls, yeah. you are a bigot. I'm guilty You're violent, of violence. Exactly. You are a hater, and you don't care about trans kids. In fact, you discriminate against them. Right. What or if fact, I want some of these books that have and you know guys, you can Google these mm-hmm. books. Um, there's one called Gender Queer. And, like, you can Google that and you can see precisely what it is that conservative parents mm-hmm. say does not belong in schools. And then you can decide for yourself whether that's pornography or whether it belongs in a middle school library or whether people who, does, who don't think it belongs in a middle school library are violent, transphobic bigots or whether we're just standing up for the rights and protection of kids. I mean, good grief. Yeah, it's it's really... It really is unfortunate because, it, honestly, it's pretty tragic if you think about it because you and I stand for, we, we believe that every woman deserves, every woman and girl deserves to compete on a fair and level playing field. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't be up for debate. And somehow it's up for debate. And if you and I say, well, only girls should be able to play on that playing field because that's what's fair, suddenly that is violent. Right. 
violent. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Uh, this is uh, from their statement. They say, every child should know they are loved, safe, and supported as their authentic selves. Now more than ever, we must, we must speak up and show up for the rights and lives of trans youth. And again, the false dichotomy. And the like, emotive language. Yes, exactly. So the emotive language here of like their authentic selves. Yeah. But then there's the false dichotomy of, okay, if you don't support trans people, if you don't support this false idea that a woman can be a man, then you don't support trans people living. That's what the statement is saying. You're right. Which is ridiculous, right? Because we're, we, we are never, we never advocate for like, for anything like that, right? Like Any, we respect them as a person. Anything dehumanizing. Right. Anything we want disrespectful. Them to live, anything anything violent as absolutely and, verboten, completely. Right. And we think that they should be treated with respect and love and care and compassion. And that's why actually we don't want them right. to be transitioning. Right. Right. And so uh, it's just this is language written with false dichotomies, written with emotivism, right? Can I just and say, if if you're if you happen to have found this podcast, mm -hmm. and you are like, why are these people thinking that it's bad to transition? Read Abigail mm. Schreer's book, Schreer, Schreier. Thank you. Uh, the name of which is Irreversible Damage. Irreversible Damage. So good. One of my yep. friends was texting me about it the other day, actually, because she met a teacher who is unfortunately in Pennsylvania dealing with some of this in the schools. A teacher is unfortunately in Pennsylvania. I mean, cringe. Uh, um, that's whole state. Okay. Anyways, Pennsylvania <laughs> is actually gorgeous. There's really cute towns. But anyways, she was asking me about the book. She knew that I had read it. And it is just, it is very good. So we'll have that linked in the show notes. And our producer will put it up on the screen. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and read that book. Definitely. The This toolkit, the Too Cool for School. <laughs> or Cool for School. Sorry, not Too Cool for School. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Anyways, this toolkit, um, claim it also claims that Minnesota state law compels schools to allow trans transgender children to compete in sports and use locker rooms and restrooms that align with their gender identity, which well, Moses, you and I know that this is so unsafe for kids, right? Yeah. As, for girls. Like, that is insanely unsafe. If you're going to let a biological male use a locker room of a girl... Of a, of a biological girl, right? That's so unsafe. That's just sexual harassment. You like, can, you can look, harassment. you can look up the cases of, of, yeah. of things where this has taken place in Virginia in Loudoun County. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a, a really insane, insane case. Yeah. Um, where a transgender identified student assaulted not one girl, but two girls at two separate schools. Um, and it's just like horrifying, mm -hmm. horrifying to see this. And it, it's just like, in within within bathrooms and it's just like yeah it, it just like we we want to just we want to keep kids safe it mm -hmm. really is about that we're not trying to hurt anyone or discriminate against anyone or be bigoted towards anyone we, we want just what's want best for them and what's best for yeah. them is not to like listen to a lie yes about their bodies that isn't true right and so uh, this pledge it does so many terrible things another terrible thing it does is it criticizes efforts to require teachers and administrators at the schools to inform parents if their child comes out as trans oh my gosh so isn't that just like so terrible yeah if i was a parent and i had a kid and it was not allowed for the school to tell me ah, what like I it's have not the best that it, interest. it's not that it's not I have allowed the best interest of my child the, Definitely. the, the situation grace mm -hmm. is when like if you're like if you have a pride flag on your car if you're not required and, to. and your kid yeah. right yeah 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 that's what i meant Sorry. yeah they're not gonna they're gonna tell right. you if your kid is trans if they think you're going to agree with that yeah, so they, they get to make that hush. decision yeah. right 
And that's what's really dramatic. And I even saw the story maybe a month ago about this school that was, like, having makeup and girls' clothes at the school for this boy, this young boy, so he could change when he got there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've I've heard of that happening at various schools. It's like, okay, the state and the school do not love my child more than I love my child. And I'm sure you can speak to that as as a parent. Like, you had the best interest of your child at heart. Absolutely. Um, So... uh, the, this statement reads that when students are referred to by the wrong pronoun by peers or school staff, students may feel intimidated, threatened, harassed, or bullied. Uh, school staff should create a more respectful environment for all students when efforts are made to correct the misuse of pronouns as well as their names and student records, which kind of honestly makes me think about that um, man from Ireland that we talked about two podcast episodes right. ago. Right, yeah. Um, so that, yeah. Uh, Enoch Burke. Yeah, Enoch Burke. Hey, you have a really good memory. Good job. Um, so, yes, gender. the gender justice executive director ms peterson she threatened legal action moses legal action if schools fail to abide by these expectations she says this is her closing statement she says with increased attacks and disinformation on transgender students and athletes oh attacks on transgender athletes how about attacks on girls right yeah exactly yeah um like what did they, what, have what they about got all the lose? girls that leah thomas forced yeah. off the podium yeah exactly uh, on the rise in our country it's important to keep communities informed about their rights and the resources available to them we have gone to court and won on behalf of transgender students and their families we will keep fighting to make sure schools and administrators follow the law okay this is so deceptive grace <laughs> i know I have right to say because first of all i want to make a point about religious freedom mm-hmm. if you are a teacher or a student and you are in a classroom situation and there's someone who asks you to refer to them um, by a certain pronoun you can say no there is as far as I'm aware, no state or federal law that would uh, certainly there's no state or federal law that would uh, require you to go against your deeply held religious beliefs and say that a woman is a man mm-hmm. or a man is a woman or vice versa. There, there, it's it isn't a situation like in Ireland where you can be arrested for that. Although that's not precisely what he was arrested for, as we discussed. Mm-hmm. But it's just like. It you have religious freedom in this in this country is so strong. Thank goodness that this is something where gender justice is trying to frighten people into compliance with not the law. They're quoting the law. The motivism claiming the claiming the law behind them. The whole article the article has all sorts of Minnesota statutes. Yeah, um, and and yeah, there are anti discrimination uh, uh, laws in place, but that does not mean that you do not have full religious freedom still in the state mm-hmm. and so i just want to i would i just want to make that point yeah so that people don't feel beaten down by right. this don't have fear like have yeah. confidence in your position and, and and even if it was the case that they could sue you which they can't even if it was we would have have great confidence great faith and and we wouldn't be afraid right yeah um so yeah i just wanted to keep you guys updated on that um because as you know moses and i just we are passionate about telling you the top stories here in Minnesota on life, family, religious freedom, just because if you don't know the facts, then it's impossible to stand for truth, right? You need to be informed so that you can go out into the world and stand for the things that really matter. So can I say yep. one thing that or two things that we want to put on you guys's plate um, is that mm-hmm. one, 
our voter guide is coming very soon. In fact, I hope next week we can devote our episode to talking yeah. about the voter guide, talking about how you can get it, talking about how you can uh, distribute it to your friends and family, uh, either so the helpful. online or the print version. It is very helpful. I, I looked up my own address this, uh, today uh, in the in the beta version that we have, and then we also have a print version. Um, and so that's one thing I wanted to announce. Make sure that you um, are, are ready to look at that, find your own candidates, uh, share it with friends so that they can find candidates in their area. And then also... And drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. I'm actually MFC. so excited, honestly. I'm so excited, I'm too. Like, I, holding it, I was holding it in. I don't know if we could announce it in this episode. MFC but. is going on tour this Woo! fall. On which tour. is so exciting. We can't Jack talk about... The pinatas. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. not pinatas and um, the streamers confetti confetti cannon yeah, yeah. yeah whatever that's supposed to be we can't talk I, about specific so locations dream but yeah. team honestly so Moses and I we are taking the family weekend to you in other words so we are like dividing up our team into smaller teams and we're just going to go and tour the state and yeah. bring the pro-life revolution to your church so we're super excited about that mm-hmm. so if you want to request request um, some, some speakers that'll be Moses or I or and other people on our team yeah. um, that are experts in our field like Renee Carlson who you know Becca Delahunt go ahead go to mfc.org and there's the little speaker icon that you can click on the front page that our I just smiling made. faces Moses and me whoop. you can click on that and then you can just request us yep. or you can just email moses at mfc.org as well yeah and, um, we, and we'll get those requests and mm-hmm. and and we hope that we can uh we, we have a ton of different events in the works and we're so hoping many. we can you yeah. and i already have like ones we're just doing yeah, on our own yeah. and then we have bigger ones planned too exactly yeah so, so lots of things in the works but we do still have open slots so if if your church is interested in bringing a pro-life speaker this election season, do reach out yeah. or a school group or whatever it is, reach out and and let us know and we'll, we'll come to you. Yeah. So uh, with, that, with that, super excited about those things. And again, we'll have those things linked in the description as well. Uh, Moses, what are you reading? Well, I really have been on a roll. I'm reading... Uh, I finished uh, The Last King of America okay. about King George III. It's really good. Then I just also finished a book called Bad Blood, which is about Theranos, uh, this uh, company that said that they had a revolutionary blood test oh. led by this Gosh. charismatic young woman named Elizabeth Holmes. And uh, it turned out the whole th- – and it was valued at one Wait, point at $10 billion. Dollars. No. <gasps> this is real? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She – she put people's lives at risks because the blood test did not work. Uh, and she is now in federal prison or was in federal prison. This is insane. Like she had so many people. That's terrible. She had Hillary Clinton. She had uh, a bunch of, a bu- she had Henry Kissinger. All these people were like talking about how amazing she was and how she was going to change the world. And she turned out to be a fraudster. So that was a great book. And then I just started a book. Um, I have to pull up my, my audiobook app because that's so funny i have my goodreads pulled up because i always oh forget yeah i know like, i gotta like i know the topic them, i just don't don't yeah. know the name and, and i want to make sure i have like the author too oh so i have uh, i just started american kingpin the epic hunt for the criminal mastermind behind the silk mm-hmm. road which is about this this website called the silk road which used to be on something called the dark web where you used to be able to basically buy drugs and no one could catch you so that should be a really Clutch. exciting story <laughs> Um, and a much a much better book, a more edifying book that I'm reading is called Hammer of God by Bo Geertz. And it's an incredibly it's a it's a novel set in Sweden, but it's also an incredibly beautiful look at God's uh, love and mercy to us and his grace versus our self-righteousness. So I'm just loving that so far. Grace, what are you reading? Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. So you recommended this. I th- 
a few months ago now, I think, Tess of the Durbervilles. Oh. So I'm reading that one. Oh, my gosh. How far are it's you? It's like I'm only – well, actually, maybe I shouldn't say what part I'm at for the audience. I won't spoil it. But um, I'm, at, like, I'm like 50 pages in, so I'm okay. after like the first like, okay. big dramatic thing, yeah. you know. And yep. it's kind of graphic, honestly. It's, it I'm is like, a very – that book. It's a little uncomfy. Yeah. Uncomfy. It is yeah. uncomfy. I'm like, ooh. And, and her parents – yeah. Her mom was like, "Oh, let me make you look super sexy and let, and like uh, and if you get raped it's fine because oh. she's like she's like it's fine if you get raped because because then he'll just want to marry you cuz you look so pretty." And I'm like, "Oh my well, gosh." I I'm sure she didn't mean rape. She meant seduction. Mm. I mean, yeah. You you got to like read read reread it cuz it's very like it didn't say the word rape, but it was like if she he takes advantage of her, she'll he'll just end up marrying her. I was like, oh. "Well, okay." Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, Anyways. Yeah. Okay, very, so I'm very reading gross. that. It's uh intense. Uh, I'm reading a Promised Land by Barack Obama, actually. Oh, really? And the reason I'm reading it, it's his autobiography, mm-hmm. um, is because I feel like it's really important to not surround yourself, like, basically don't create an echo chamber where yeah. you're only reading people you agree with. And so I disagree with him on a lot of things, but I do really respect him for his rhetorical skills because he's an excellent speaker. Right. And so I've been reading that. I'm like 300 pages in, but it's 700 pages, so it's pretty long. Wow. Uh, and it's only volume one, so I probably oh, won't be reading gosh. volume two. Uh, it's actually very good, and honestly even though I disagree with him on so much, he, I kind of am like seeing somewhat of myself in him a little bit in his early years because he like went to college and he didn't really know what he Grace wanted to Evans, do. Grace Evans, Barack Obama. Uh, two peas in a pod. No, okay. But he talks about how he didn't really know what he wanted to do, but then he started studying a bunch of different human rights crises and like what was different about the ones that succeeded, like human rights campaigns. And that's how, where he found a spark. And I was like, that's kind of similar to me because I, I, I've been researching, okay, what makes a movement successful on my own time, not even in school. Like, I'm a college student, but I do it on my own time. And so uh, that's what ignited his fire. And so I thought that was interesting, um, even though he is, of course, pro-abortion. Mm-hmm. So we disagree on that. So I'm reading that. And then I read, because of your recommendation, I started the Cormoran Strike series. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yes. I did. So I read the first one. And most, I have to say, I left a very long review that I want you to read later. Okay. Um, because so it's called The Cuckoo's Calling. And... I had really high hopes and I wasn't the person that went into it like wanting Harry Potter out of it. Like I I was expecting like crime, you know, like, or, you know, basically mystery. That's what I expected. Yeah. And it was a mystery novel, but there's a lot of things I didn't like about it. I give it three stars. Oh man. It's just like, I mean, you give it 3.5. So not that different. It's just, it was, I like novels where you can, mystery novels where you can like, sure, maybe you don't see it coming in the moment, but you can look back and you can trace the clues and be like, okay, I could put it together now. Yeah. But instead, I feel like the, a lot of the clues that were given were like, oh, the pool door is unlocked. But then it's like, it didn't matter at all. Like all these red herrings. And so I couldn't go back and trace it. It was like, he was a new Sherlock where it's like, you couldn't figure it out unless you were actually superhuman because there weren't enough clues for you. Interesting. So it was like a locked room door sort of situation. Okay. Okay. But... And I also think that the, the I didn't like how he did so much talking. It was like talking Google, and then I'm going to talk some more, and then I'm going to Google some things. Mm-hmm. It was so many conversations, and it was like him asking the same questions to like all of the suspects or all of the witnesses mm-hmm. that I just got bored because he didn't do a lot of action. So I wish that the author did more showing rather than telling because I would have liked that more. So those are my main critiques. I have more, but I don't want to bore our audience. <laughs> um, there, there's some like – actually, my critique is <laughs> so long. Look how long it is. It's like holy mackerel. Yeah, I read it. Read it in class. <clears throat> Don't tell my professors. But it's Grace, just, you're language, saying that on video. The language, <laughs> the language was also super flowery. Like it was made it hard to skim. It was like old fashioned and flowery, and like words that you didn't need to use 
for this kind of writing. And so it was super hard to skim because you couldn't really skim the description super well. And then you couldn't skim the conversation because you're like, oh, well, what if I missed like a big clue? You Interesting. know? So I, by 200 huh. pages, I was bored. I read it because I finished it because I was like, Moses said this series is good. But I hear the second one's better. So I will be reading it. I yeah. definitely think you should Kay. keep keep with it. But I, also, like, I what's up it. with Strike and Robin? I'm like, ooh, like, uh, oh, yeah. spicy. Keep, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not cute. I'm sorry. She should not be with him. I'm <laughs> just going to say that. I'm sorry, guys, if you don't care about this mystery series, but um, this is written, you know, by J.K. Rowling, one of the biggest authors of our age, and uh, the relationship between Strike and Robin is my least favorite thing about the really? entire yeah. series. I yeah. like Robin and it the does most. not get better. She's no, awesome. No, she's a great character. But yeah. I'm like, what he's like trying to steal her away from her fiance, and yet he's like, and but then like every other page, he's like, and that sapphire engagement ring stood as a final note of finality between us. So I knew nothing could come of it. But then he like buys her a super sexy dress at the end, and it's like blah yeah. blah blah. I'm like, yeah. oh gosh. It's very uh, what they call a uh, will they or won't they type of uh, gross. type of a story. But we will see if it gets better. Yeah. So that's what we're reading. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning into this week's podcast. Um, next week we'll be telling you about our voter guide and probably some other stories uh, that are on our radar. So without further ado, we will catch you next Friday. Thank you guys so much. Get the facts, stand for truth. Thanks for listening to or watching this episode of the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you're up to date on life, family, and religious freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at MN Family Council. And subscribe to us on YouTube to watch our content. Get the facts, stand for truth.